What's up, AfterBuzz TV fans? It's the Boxing After Show. We're going to be previewing Kovalev and Ward. But first, a little Terrence Crawford, Felix Diaz. Stay tuned. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, AfterBuzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Love that track. Some heavy Deftones to get your Sunday started. I'm Jared Gilkerson, host of the AfterBuzz TV Boxing After Show here live in lovely North Hollywood. Um, we'll be talking some Terrence Crawford and Felix Diaz last night. Of course, you can never preview the big fight Koblev and Ward 2 later in June. But once again, I'm Jared Gilkerson. That's at Gilkerson Radio on Twitter. Feel free to call in today. I know a few people were interested in talking about this Crawford fight from last night, looking ahead to Kovalev Ward, so we'll pop up the phone number for you. Um, be sure to watch us live on YouTube or watch the repeat on YouTube. Subscribe and rate on iTunes, SoundCloud. We're everywhere. Our presence is felt everywhere, so we appreciate all your love, all the downloads, everything you can give us. And we love that the boxing fans are hanging out with us today on Sunday. And I'm so glad that I have one of my favorite producers, Mark, joining us, too. Thanks, Mark, for doing the show. I'm here for you, Jared. <laughs> uh, thank you, Mark. Um, we'll jump right in from last night. HBO's beautiful telecast from Madison Square Garden. Uh, Terrence Crawford, uh, one of the pound-for-pound -pound best fighters in the world right now, taking on Felix Diaz. And before I jump right into analyzing the fight, before we show some highlights... My God, these guys can rehydrate. Both guys came in under 140 pounds. But for the fight, Terrence Crawford, 157, and, and Felix Diaz, 161. Just a little nugget. I really think boxing should do something about having these guys weigh in the day of the fight. The whole day before thing is, is, is crazy. I mean, these guys were legit middleweights in there, uh, and they're not even fighting in the welterweight division. But I digress. That's a debate. Um, we can talk about it. Let me know in the chat if you have any opinions about weighing in the day before, weighing in the day of, because it's a huge difference with these guys' weights. But um, let's look back at some highlights right now from last night's big fight. Here we go, baby. Uh, yeah, Crawford and Diaz. Like usual, Terrence Crawford, as you'll see before the fight, just death stare. Just one of the meanest guys in boxing. Max Kellerman always talks about it. And we saw from early on Crawford just controlling the distance, uh, never really getting hit with anything gigantic uh, until much later in the fight. But that's something that Crawford used to see right there if you're watching live, uh, if you're listening. Um, he controls distance, and then he uses his opponent's momentum to kind of swipe him aside when he wants, uh, when opponent gets inside. He also likes to hold every now and then, which I'll dive into. But, I mean, this this wasn't really much of a contest. I gave Felix Diaz one round, and as we see the fight near its ending moments here, uh, Crawford just picking apart Felix Diaz here. Nice short jab, nice short left hand. That's the best punch that, you know, Crawford's got. And then, of course, the corner stopped it for Diaz, and Crawford, again victorious, still undefeated. Um one of the best fighters in the world right now. Uh, and he just oozes confidence in there. Terrence Crawford, um, 
just picks apart his opponents. And we're, and we're seeing more and more that Terrence is a guy who is just an upper-tier fighter, one of the best fighters in the world. Even when he fights someone that's in that lower top 10, you know, 8, 9, 10 in the division, it just doesn't matter. He's that much better than them. And um, if you look at the punch stats from last night, so for all of you who haven't seen it and don't want any spoilers, don't listen now. Just cover up your ears if you still got to watch the fight. But um, the punch stats last night are are just incredible. If you go right to the power punches, Terrence Crawford, 139 of 235. That's 59% connect percentage. That's crazy that you're even that you're over half of your punches or your power punches are connecting. Felix Diaz, 58 of 285. That's 20%. Total punches, 193 of 520. That's 37% for Crawford. 69 of 346. That's 20% for Felix Diaz. So breaking down this fight early on, Terrence Crawford, classic. Uh, sometimes he takes a few rounds to get going, but he jumped on Felix Diaz from the beginning. His jab was working. Felix is, uh, he reminded me a lot of just a tiny David Tua for all you 90s and early 2000s boxing fans. He just looked like a little tiny David Tua needed to get inside. I liked his aggressiveness early. Um, he caught Terrence in the second round with a nice hook. I thought almost stole the round, but it just wasn't enough because Crawford, like like he does, he came out Southpaw. He fought Southpaw the whole fight and just jabbed his way, jabbed his way, got that straight left hand, straight left hand, and just occasionally threw in an uppercut and a hook. This dance, this dance besides Diaz, pushes him aside. When uh, Diaz gets inside, holds him a little bit. And um, not to t- I'm not going to take anything away from Terrence Crawford. And, and every great fighter, um, especially guys like Roy Jones, uh, who's announcing the fight, they always knew how to exploit a opponent's you know, tendencies or what they, what they like to do, and they, and they could always take advantage of it. So here you have a shorter fighter, Diaz, trying to get inside, making a rough fight. Crawford occasionally squeezes him in there, you know, squeezes his arms, and then he can't get a punch off inside. I thought if that was going to happen the whole fight, I would have been frustrated. That would have been a Klitschko move. But around, you know, rounds five and six, it was clear Crawford didn't even really have to hold that much, and his skills just took over. Um, One of the highlights of the fight, though, that was kind of fun, was uh, around seven. Uh, was Felix Diaz landed some really, really good hooks. I thought Crawford got a little lazy. Uh, he got a little too laid back, from my in my opinion, and just uh, let his hands down a little bit and got caught. And I actually scored the round for Felix Diaz. HBO's Harold Letterman didn't. Um, but that was his last gasp because come the eighth round, Diaz looked like he punched himself out, had nothing left, um, and... Terrence got back and focused and, and fought the way that he he can and should and eventually finished him off. It went 10 rounds until Diaz's corner stopped the fight. So a TKO win for Terrence Crawford, who is now 31-0, 22 KOs. And what do you do from here? Because right now I'm here, I'm on I'm on Ring Magazine's junior welterweight or super lightweight, whatever you want to call it, their, their rankings. He already wiped the floor with Victor Postal, who's looked at as the second best fighter in that division. Um, uh, is it Julius or Julius Indongo, who was in the crowd, who, who, who he holds the other 140-pound um, belts? Uh, I'm not sure how to pronounce his name. Make sure you uh, correct me on that, fans. But he was there. He's the IBF and WBA champion. Um, 
I don't know how good of a fight that will be. I, I, Ndongo hasn't really fought anyone great other than I believe he did take out Ricky Burns some time back. Um, so I'm not sure how great of a fight that will be. You have Antonio uh, Orozco and Adrian Granados and Regis uh, Progres, Jack uh, Catterall. I mean, the 140-pound division seems to be flooded at times, but not for long. Because welterweight is kind of that sexy division where these guys want to jump up to because you still have gigantic names in the welterweight division. And let's just run through a few of them. Welterweights right now. Keith Thurman, Kell Brook, Sean Porter, Manny Pacquiao, Tim Bradley, Amir Khan, Errol Spence, Danny Garcia, Jesse Vargas, Lamont Peterson. I mean, that's Ring Magazine's top 10. There's still a few other names out there. And then you have the other guys that are a little heavier that want to jump down. Welterweight's just a great division, and I really think Terrence Crawford is going to have to make that jump to fight a welterweight guy, and he's not backing down. Um, you know, some notes after the fight when Max Kellerman was interviewing him, um, he asked about, you know, how did you uh, assess yourself in this fight? And he says, I do what I want in there. It's my ring. Um, Crawford, I think, is going to win over a lot of fans. He comes off a little... In the beginning, a little shy, a little reserved, but now he's being promoted the right way as just kind of a menacing, you know, not going to put up with crap kind of guy and will just beat you up. And we even saw him toying with Felix Diaz in the middle of the fight, tapping on the head with the glove, um, you know, the referee telling him to knock it off, sticking his tongue out. Uh, but he backs it up, and then, you, you know, you, you see this guy who's kind of stone-faced and you're not sure what you're going to get, and then when he gets on the mic at the end of the, the show, his show, he just puts it to him. You know, hey, I forget who the fighter was a couple of years ago, and he says, did you get what you're looking for? Just staring him down. It might have been Gamboa. He's just a mean guy, and I really love watching him fight. So as boxing fans, we say, you know, what's next for each fighter? Now, Felix Diaz, he's a scrappy guy. I mean, everyone's going to look bad against Terrence Crawford. So I think you could put Felix Diaz against anyone else in the top 10 of the 140 pound division. And he's going to make an entertaining fight. I mean, he really took it to Lamont Peterson years ago, who's now in a, the welterweight division looked at. So Felix Diaz, uh, I can't, he can't hang his hat here. He's a real tough guy. So I think he's okay. Um, the more interesting side is Terrence Crawford. Uh, now chime in, um, in the chat, if you want, tweet me. This is a really good debate. So the next fight. In his post-fight interview, he talked about three fighters. Manny Pacquiao, Julius Ndongo, Keith Thurman. Okay, those are gigantic names. Two of the three. Ndongo has belts. Maybe Crawford wants belts. But he called out Manny Pacquiao first. That's got to be my pick. Manny Pacquiao. The guy is... Older now, 37, 38 years old, still great footwork, still great hand speed. Not what he was, you know, 10 years ago, obviously, but just great. And Crawford, I mean, you look at Crawford, uh, I'm looking at his box rec, um, you know, who he's fought. And you see Felix Diaz, you see John Molina Jr., you see Victor Postal, Hank Lundy, Thomas DeLorme, you know, Yordokis Gamboa, Ricky Burns. They're, they're all kind of fringe top 10 guys. Victor Postal was the big fight from last year and he beat him up bad who knows how good Victor Postal is Terrence Crawford needs a big fight I'm not sure if people are going to have the guts to fight him 
he we see he hydrated to 157 pounds. He's carried his power up to every weight division. I think it's time for Terrence Crawford to fight the cream of the crop in the welterweight division. He also talked about Keith Thurman, but also in news today, Bob Arum, Terrence Crawford's promoter, admits that Crawford-Thurman fight nowhere near happening. Bob Arum has also said that Crawford's next fight won't be televised on HBO. So it's kind of a mess right now, but Bob Arum likes to throw out smoke screens, and that's what promoters do. Um, So it, it just happens that way. So... Bob Arum promotes both Manny Pacquiao and Terrence Crawford. Why not make the fight happen? Um, you know, that's dangerous for Bob Arum. It's dangerous to make the fight happen because if Terrence Crawford goes out there and gets beat up by Manny Pacquiao, now you have a guy who's pushing 40 who beat up your maybe next big moneymaker. Here's what I think. I think Bob Arum doesn't want to make that fight happen anytime soon. I don't think Manny Pacquiao does either. Um, I don't think it's the next fight that's going to happen. I could see hopefully 2018, um, maybe early 2018, that fight, you know, you know, happening. Sorry, I'm looking at the chat here. And when you have one host, sometimes you just need to text when you're on here, um, just letting people know we're, we're live now. So please call in um, if you want to talk about Terrence Crawford. He's one of the most interesting fighters to talk about in the sport. Um but to get back to it, he needs to fight someone bigger, and I think it has to be in the welterweight division. I think he knows he needs to get out of, of uh, the junior welterweight division. It's just it's it's not um, really full of a lot of talented guys. But you can make a fight with anybody in the top 10 in the welterweight division, and you're going to sell tickets. I mean, anybody in that top 10. So make it happen. The top five especially. So make it happen, Bob Aram. We want to see this fight. People want to see Terrence Crawford in the next, uh, you know, his pay-per-view numbers weren't, weren't good, but that was against Victor Postal. So I, I think a, a big pay-per-view match against Manny Pacquiao has to happen. Um, and listen, I don't know if Terrence Crawford, I think he's favored in the fight, but I'm, I don't know if I'm picking him, and I don't know what Vegas is doing, maybe favoring him. But I tell you what, Crawford has fought a, guy, a, a lot of guys who are either short or guys who don't have great footwork or really great hand speed. And I think if you put him in there with a guy like Manny Pacquiao who can create really good angles, that's something that Terrence Crawford does as well. Terrence Crawford creates very good angles with his feet and positioning himself well and not getting caught with a big shot. Manny Pacquiao still has incredible foot speed. I think it's, I think it's a really good fight. I think I'm picking Pacquiao. If those two fight, I think Pacquiao's, uh, his, um, I guess, experience in the ring uh, I think he could get a decision from that. I don't think anyone's knocking anybody out. Pacquiao doesn't knock out people anymore. Um, and uh, Crawford, uh, usually TKOs. I, mean, I guess I, I just don't see him knocking Manny out either. Um, so that's that's what I want to see. Pacquiao and, and Crawford, let me know what your thoughts are with that. Um, we're going to jump forward. Um, let's see here. You know what? Let's talk to some fans. Uh, join us in the chat. I see that Bobby Beach is in the chat. Uh, um, thanks for joining us, Bobby Beach. If you got any questions, let me know. Give us a call. Hit me up. If you have any predictions for because what we're going to jump into is Kovalev Ward. Um, Kovalev Ward 2. Where do we go from here? Um, 
the first fight, and boxing fans will all disagree because I'm on here looking at scorecards. And um, the first fight, I had it scored 116-111 for Sergey Kovalev. Um, the judges all scored it 114-113 for Andre Ward. In my opinion, I think Andre did a lot of holding and wrestling in the first fight. Of course, you remember he got knocked down in the second round. The first six rounds, I scored it five rounds to one for Kovalev. In the last six, I was three and three. But a lot of judges in the media, I think it was, so I can find my right percentage. Let me see if I can find it here. Um, a lot of the judges, let me see here as I click around. It's riveting on the, on, on the air. Uh, here's my percentages. Uh, 63 total scores pulled from the media. 73% scored the fight for Sergey Kovalev. I know my good friend, Johnny, uh, big boxing fan, he, he scored at 114-113, I believe, for Ward. Um, we thought it might be both of us being homers because I think he was probably rooting for Ward. I was probably rooting for Kovalev. You know, I know that you're you know, not supposed to root when you're analyzing, but come on. I just like Kovalev better as a fighter. I like his attitude. But I, I think throughout the fight, Sergey had the more cleaner, effective punches than Andre Ward. Now, you look at percentages, because you look at percentage land. I mean, Andre Ward is an efficient fighter. The total punch stats, it was 116 of 337, which is 34.4%. So Kovalev's 126 of 474, which is 26.6%. Uh, Kovalev out, outworked him, outthrew him, but uh, Ward only had 10 less punches land. So that's efficiency. And I think Ward won over the judges by his efficiency and then the second half of the fight kind of systematically, in their minds, breaking down uh, Kovalev, breaking his nose, getting really good body shots on him. Kovalev looked a little winded. And I admit, I mean, I think I thought it was an even fight for the last six rounds. But I thought with the knockdown and the dominance in the first six, that's what won the fight for Kovalev. A lot of the judges, I look on their scorecards, and these judges all had, you know, Ward winning the 7th, the 8th, the ninth the 10th, and then the 11th, and the 12th, only one of them had Kovalev. I didn't think it was a clean sweep that way. I thought Kovalev snuck in a few rounds in the middle, and there were a couple rounds that were close, so I could see this fight being maybe 114-113 at the closest for Kovalev. But to have all three judges 114-113 for Ward, it's kind of hard to get really angry about it, but at least give the guy a split decision win, or give, give it a draw. I didn't see any dominance from Ward. Um, I thought he had stretches of inactivity, throughout the rounds, and um, like I said, I think his accuracy won over the judges and um, and possibly even the homer crowd. So this fight, as we know, is going to be in Las Vegas, uh, which I think is much better for the event um, than Oakland. So I know that Kovlev, I think, won it in Russia, but that wasn't going to happen. So where do we go from here? I mean, this is, we're, we're a month out of this fight, Um it seems that the media was somewhat split on this, but most people saw Kovalev winning. So can Kovalev duplicate um, what he did in the last time against Andre Ward? Um, here are the keys. Jared's keys to the fight, I think. I think for Kovalev, he's got to keep the pressure on early, he, and he's got to win the early rounds. Because he, we saw he still lost a fight on the judges' scorecards even knocking down Andre Ward in the second round and getting a 10-8 round. He needs to bring that pressure again. 
And what he really needs to do is make Andre miss. It seems that Andre's conditioning is maybe a little better than, than Sergey's. I don't know about going into the second fight, but that's just, I think that makes me worried when I see a guy get tired like that in the second half of the fight. So I think you need to make Andre miss and you need to make him look ugly early and get those early rounds. And for Andre Ward, he needs to stay accurate because accuracy is just going to, I mean, the judges will love it. Um, and that's what you, you need to have. You need to be accurate to win. And what I thought was that Kovalev had cleaner, more effective punches. But Ward, his accuracy is, is, is very good. And I think his conditioning is the second key to victory. Um, if he can be better conditioned than Sergey Kovalev, I think he could pull this fight out again. Because the one thing is that when you fight a guy a second time and you won the fight before... And you, and you dominated in some people's minds or at least um, had a better showing in the second half of the fight. It worries me for a guy like Kovalev because I feel that maybe uh, Andre Ward, who's probably one of the smarter fighters, maybe figured Kovalev out and won't make the same mistakes at the, in the beginning of the fight. I'm not sure anyone's going to get knocked down in this fight. I think they're both just too good. That, I mean, but who knows? Um, but my prediction for this fight, I, I, I think, you know, I think Kovalev is going to pull this thing out seven rounds to five. I've got a unanimous decision for Kovalev, you know, possibly split decision. Give me the benefit of the doubt here. Um, I think it's going to be either one. But I think Kovalev wins by uh, a UD, 115-113. That's my prediction. Oh, yeah, we didn't even get the uh, the awesome prediction music. Let's just play it for fun, Mark, if you've got it. Um, I would, but we do have a caller on the line. Oh, you do? Okay, I didn't know. Sorry, I, I saw the blue. Uh, let's. Who, who do we got? Who's on the line today? We got Ian Gilkerson. There. Oh, my God, I know that last name. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, Ian Gilkerson, brother of myself, uh, and the reason that I got into boxing, joining us. And um, I know chatting earlier, Ian, thanks for joining us. Uh, did you get a chance to watch that Crawford fight last night? Yeah, I did. Uh, I watched it once last night, and then I actually kind of watched it again today. Um, it was uh, it's one of those kind of fights that uh, you, you're probably wondering if you watched it, why you, you would watch it again. But um, I don't know. I kind of just like to break it down um, a little bit because I, I feel like Felix is um, he's a really solid fighter, and even though I don't think he won a single round, uh, I wouldn't count him out. To be around, you know, here in the near future for a while. Does 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 Terrence Crawford? Now, I mean, we've been watching fights for a long time. You and I. Does he remind you of anybody? Because no. I, I, I can't I can't remember a guy that um, you know. He's got great footwork and he, he's got decent hand speed, but he's got like this balance of everything. Like he's more powerful than you think. He's a, you know, he's a, he's a little right. more tricky than you think. You know, he kind he kind of holds in the right spots. He kind of spins guys around, and he just knows where to position himself. Does he remind you of anyone? Because I can't think of another guy that I've seen throughout the years that reminds me of Crawford. Um, yeah, that's a really good question because I kind of feel the same way. Um, he's sort of like bits and pieces of a few different people, but I can't, I couldn't put my finger on one specific guy that he reminds me of he does he does do everything well um but uh somehow not one thing stands out about him i mean if anything i suppose he he, he just adjusts well to whoever he's fighting 
Um, he he slightly changes up his he has his basic style, but I, I don't know. I, I, I can't really think of a of one specific name either. I keep thinking, um, and he was on the broadcast last night. He's like a he's like a really mean Roy Jones Jr. Like Roy Jones was, was was much quicker. Roy was like a lot quicker than when than Terrence Crawford. But they both kind of toy around with their opponents in the ring a little bit, and um, yeah, al- almost I didn't really care for the, for the little head tapping in the tenth round. But it is what it is. I mean, so okay, so he he's not even in. And I don't know if you've, you've probably seen plenty of his fights, but he's not even. Um, Terrence isn't even. Uh, He's got like no pressure. Even when he fought Victor Postal, you know, last year, he's got no pressure on him. Uh, these guys, right. he just controls the fight. He's really cool and calm. So I was saying earlier uh, in the show that I think he should fight someone in the welterweight division. I mean, he he bulked up to 157 pounds last night. He put on almost 20 pounds. You know, he could fight at 147. Right. And then he goes and calls out Pacquiao. He calls out Keith Thurman. I don't know about you, but people have been talking about this Pacquiao fight for a long time, and they're both Aram guys, so that could be problematic, but it could be good. Um, what would you think about a potential Crawford-Pacquiao fight? Also, do you think uh, anyone else in the welterweight division could give Crawford problems? Um, I think Keith Thurman could, absolutely, in my opinion. What do you think um, Keith does well? Because he called out Keith, too. Aram was saying that that fight's nowhere near because you know the promotions are crazy. But what do you think Thurman does well that he could that he could you know catch uh, Crawford with? Um. Well, that's a good question. Um, I'm full of good I, questions. Uh, <laughs> what's that? I said I'm full of good questions. I mean, it's it's hard because we've never seen Crawford in trouble. So, like, how do you analyze? Right. Because I think there are some guys in the welterweight division. I think Pacquiao. With his even with his later age, I think his his the angles he gives fighters, I think that he could really give Crawford a lot of issues. I think that he could you know step around Crawford and kind of make him look silly, and I think it would be a pretty close and even fight. Um, and then Thurman, we just saw him beat up Danny Garcia, so Thurman's one of the best in the division. So uh, and Thurman's got some serious power. Um, I don't think that fight. Yeah, I don't I, think it I goes really, the distance. I really like Thurman's power. Yeah. Um, and and either way, we'd be talking about. You know, possibly that—that's two current, you know, top ten pound for pound guys right now. I mean, you can never go wrong with a fight like that. No, no, because there's no one else at 140. I mean, I'm looking at the names. And I was looking at Ring Magazine. Yeah, rankings. there really isn't. There's nobody. There's nobody there. Uh, I feel like the 140 pound division is like that. It's odd now. It's like guys are just waiting to get to welterweight, and they have to put in their time at 140, and then they leave. Um, cause there's been, which is, yeah. which, which is unfortunate because the 140 pound weight division has been one of my favorites, if not my absolute favorite, uh, for, you know, 20 plus years. Well, there's been great fights there. Um, it's right. just that sexy, like, especially when Mayweather was still around and really active and Pacquiao was, was coming up. The welterweight division always seems to have guys who will come down or guys who will come up. And it just seems to be this really good middle ground. Um, and now, you know, in boxing, with with the with the divisions, the divisions like almost mean it's just almost hey, let's just make the big fight. Like let's just make the big fight happen. And you know some guys care about belts like you know Triple G, but um, I'm not sure how much the belts matter to Crawford. But um, one last one last um, thing with Crawford, we didn't I didn't talk about it earlier, but I thought about it during the fight when I made a note. Mikey Garcia 
who's awesome at 135. People have talked about him coming up and, and fighting someone like Crawford. Do you know much about Mikey Garcia? He just came back after that long layoff, and he's a really sharp fighter. Uh, I think he could give Terrence problems. I don't think he wins the fight, but I think it could be interesting. But he might be got he might be twenty pounds less. That's the problem. Yeah, it, the weight might be an issue. Um, I've seen some of Garcia's fights. Uh, I think he's really talented. I think that uh, if they fought, the main issue would be the weight. And um, I don't know that long jab that Crawford has is it's it's almost just in your face all the time. Yeah, and he can um, break your face. And then once he starts, once it, once he starts with the left-right combos, and uh, as as we saw against even somebody you know who's smaller in Felix, and he kind of fights small and compact too. He hunches down. Um, he was even able to land uh, you know a number of clean uppercuts, and it was uh, it was over from there. I mean. Who's your, um, I like to ask people, and I, we haven't watched a fight together in a long time. Who, who's one of your favorite fighters to watch right now? I know that we were talking earlier and didn't really talk much about it, but is there someone that you really like to watch and you think that's maybe a, a solid fighter for the next few years? Or someone that you just really like? Um, oh, very broad question. Just anybody. Um, who do you like? Who do you like to watch? Like anyone who calls the show or talks to us in the chat, I, or even on Twitter, I always like to ask, like, who do you like to watch? Because there could be someone that throws out a name that I don't even, I still don't know much about. Um, for myself, for myself, it's all the big guys. Like I love Triple G, and I, I, I love guys like Terrence Crawford, and um, and of course, you and I are big Klitschko guys. You know, from the beginning, me more, but I like uh, we lo- I love Vitali. Um, and I just didn't know if the, if there was anyone on your radar that you, you that you wanted uh, the fans to focus on, or someone that you really uh, enjoy just you know sitting back and having a beer and watching fight. Um, nobody right off the top of my head. Um, a lot of the fights that I watch, I don't watch them directly live. Um, I usually watch them within a day or two that they happen though. Yeah. Uh, and I, uh, I'm, I'm a similar way to you too, though. Uh, I still, you know, obviously I love my, my big guys. Um, there's a lot of good, uh, these younger cats that we're talking about right now though, too, that they're all very interesting. Um, uh, to say one specific name offhand, uh, it's kind of throwing me through a loop a little bit, but, I feel like we're boxing's in a good spot. I mean, I feel like uh, 2017's been great, uh, especially with that uh, the Klitschko fight against Joshua a few weeks ago. I mean, I know that Klitschko got rocked, and uh, but it was a hell of a fight. And um, right, and then I know Canelo and Chavez was kind of a dud. Um, I was in Vegas for that. It was, but it was it huge, was a, a dud, huge event. But, uh, I'm, I'm a huge Canelo fan. Uh, I think. He's going to be something special for a while. Well, we got a big fight. Hopefully, we're definitely going to preview Triple G and Canelo later in the summer, which is so exciting. I feel like so many big fights are starting to happen. Um, and- yeah, it's it's nice that uh, you know they're you know let's give the fans what what we want to see and not uh, you know pad your pockets. You know, uh, get on at top rank. 
Let's let's get the fights together that we want to see. I know, you know Bob uh, Arum's you know still I mean? around, eighty-five years old. <laughs> I like. I feel like, yeah, like I know, Don exactly. King's still there. I feel like it's like it's weird. It's weird. Boxing's like this sport where you could have a cut man who has been you know in the business since like the mid fifties, and he's still around. And then you have promoters who've been promoting guys since black and white fights, and they're still here. It's like no other sport. It's not like you have like. Uh, um, like quarterbacks from the fifties that are still like heavily involved in football. Like, no, that they're, they're, they're all it's, it's boxing. I think is like this timeless, you know, sport. And that's why I think you, you and I, at least myself, but like, we, I think it's just a, a, an amazing sport. And it's a one of a kind. Um, and, uh, and I think 2017, a lot of people thought 2016 sucked for the lack of a better term. And I think 2017 is off to a really fast start. And, uh, because you have this, you have this amazing mix of these old fighters that have been around for a while, and these really young guys that are going to carry the sport for a while. And even Canelo Triple G, Triple G is like in his mid thirties, but Canelo's in his mid twenties, so Canelo's a guy who could be around for the next you know dozen years. And uh, I don't know, I, I'm just excited, and I, there's so many good fights to be made, and so many fights that are being made. Um, and one of those, I guess I'll get some. I know that we uh, don't have much longer on the air. But uh, Kovalev Ward, I know that I wasn't I wasn't pressing you on it earlier, and you said you wanted to talk a little more Terrence Crawford. But any early thoughts of Kovalev Ward too? I thought Kovalev won the first fight. I was just talking about it. Uh, what did you think about the first fight? Any predictions on the on the second matchup? Um, yeah, I also thought Kovalev won the first fight. Um, I can kind of understand the close closeness of the scorecard. Um, a lot of people ringside. Uh, you know, anywhere from the 114s to the 115, 113s. Um, I think 116, 112 for Ward is pretty, pretty grossly inaccurate. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, I've watched the fight several times. I have it uh, on average have scored it 115, 113 for Kovalev. Um, honestly, overall, though, I, I don't think boxing fans could ask for a better rematch at any weight division other than that uh i i think it's i think it'll be another close fight um i don't i'm not sure if we'll see a knockout or not um probably not i might say kovalev by another close decision you know ward was given the first one obviously but uh yeah i see the fight going fairly similar and we'll see uh We'll see how they, you know, how they show up in the ring that day. Uh, I think yeah. they both have the knockout potential. I just, I'm not sure it's going to happen or not. Yeah, neither one of them have really been, you know, humiliated in a fight. I mean, obviously, there's one loss between them, and it's just Kovalev in the last fight. And uh, I, have a bu- yeah. I have a buddy out here that scored at one point for Ward. Most of the media scored it, like I was saying earlier, for Kovalev. Uh, Ian... Before I let you go, we're going to look back uh, on a little This Day in Boxing History in a second, but I've, uh, um, I would look at it with you, but uh, we have to look at the video here uh, and then let you go because our, uh, our audio channels are on the same, on the same line. But we're going to be talking about one, gotcha. of your, one of your favorite fighters in history, um, Andrew Galata. And, yes, um, the foul pole. <laughs> oh, God, the double foul pole. Both of them, right and left field. Um, uh, any, May twenty first, two thousand six. 
There you go. You got it. We're going to be showing some highlights from that in a second. Any thoughts of Andrew Galata? Like, was there, a, was there, I mean, as I was a fan too, and it was so frustrating watching him because he had so much potential. Like he was just always on the brink of breaking through and then he never quite did. Was there a fight that you really, that you really enjoyed watching of his or why did you like Galata? Um, man, he just, he was everything that, uh, that the heavyweight division needed at that time. I think we needed a fresh face. We needed a fresh name. And here comes this giant hulking, you know, guy that is just a, a, just a bruiser who looks like, you know, he's been punched in the face since he was a toddler. Uh, (laughs) He was, he was just, he was just uh, devastating. Uh, His, his punches never seemed to have any recoil. It just seemed to go through his opponent. It's just like he was made of stone or something. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think the, I think the fans, especially in the '90s, kind of uh, he had that kind of Dolph Lundgren, uh, you know, uh, rock. He had that kind of just that was kind of before sure. the big European. You know, that was before the Klitschko's made it big, and there wasn't a lot of like big you know white dudes that were coming in to the heavyweight division and these people looked at this guy like wow this is different and he comes in and, and almost takes out riddick bow um and and then he kinda, i mean yeah, we he, all know that uh he could he could have finished bow off in either of those fights and that's the frustrating thing yeah agreed uh, agreed agreed and then he was kind of ruined by he could have uh, you know i mean and who knows obviously the guy had some mental issues which un- kept him incapable of finishing these fights but uh had he got a belt around his waist maybe uh maybe that would have done something for his mentality and uh that could have changed the heavyweight division for a number of years there for a while yeah i mean he got his chances he had two in a row against Bo, and then right after it was against lennox lewis lost all three went on a streak, but then lost against guys like he just, he just mentally was never in there. He lost against like Michael Grant and even later on against guys like John Ruiz and against the gentleman that we're going to show here. Ian, thanks for calling in. Uh, the next, absolutely. The next time we get on the show, call in. Uh, I'd love to have you back on again and we'll, uh, we'll jump into some more fights. Yeah, for sure. That sounds great. All right, dude, I'll talk to you later. All right. Sounds good. All right, man. Bye. All right, Ian Gilkerson, the Ian Gilkerson joining us. Um, let's talk about that Andrew Galata, uh, Lehman Brewster fight from May 21st, 2005. Andrew Galata, for a very big man, has an excellent quick jab and good foot movement. Lehman Brewster comes out as the attacker and begins hooking and right crossing away and bombs Galata to the canvas with a perfect left hook. And that was a smart thing, that's it. Galata will not recover from this. I can promise you that uh, Booster's going to jump right back on top of him. He's smart. He did a smart thing, get on him early. He Set up for a first-round knockout. Right. He saw what Lennox did to him. And you know, that's the way to get him. Second knockdown. This is the Galata who throws against Lennox Lewis. No, it's not. No, it's not. This is the Galata that just got the hell knocked out of him. By Lehman Brewster. That's a very good point. He didn't freeze. That's a very good point. He got iced. By Again. a guy who came ready to make his statement and has just made it with three quick knockdowns of Andrew Galata, a sensational left hook performance, a big statement-making first-round KO win for Lehman Rooster. That was great. I mean, 
And it's and it's it's a shame because neither fighter really did anything after this fight. Layman Brewster, um, you know, went on. Uh, you know, the, he, this was after his Klitschko momentum. Really didn't do much afterwards. And then this is kind of the end of Galata. Galata was a much more you know a '90s fighter. Uh, Galata after this fight, you know, wins against Jeremy Bates and Kevin McBride, but never another big marquee fight, you know, because he lost against guys like Ray Austin and Tomas Adamek. Um, Galata had his chances. Galata had his chances. Lost against Lewis, Bo twice, Tyson. Just never really got it going and uh, had so much potential. But like Ian was saying on the phone earlier, he uh, mentally he just would check out and he just wasn't there. And that wasn't one of his best moments. Um, uh, I'm a Galata fan, but uh, I'll go back and gladly watch uh, maybe one of his better victories. Uh, I'll go back and just watch, uh, let's say looking back at a, I'll watch his win against um, uh, Navarre or Corey Sanders. Uh, or Tim Witherspoon or someone uh, that he had much more success against. And Brewster had that eye pro or, or Brew, um, sorry, um, uh, Brewster had the eye problems because, you know, after the uh, after the fight against Galata, he had the rematch against Klitschko, uh, didn't do well, and then had to retire early because of his eye problems. So um, it was fun looking back. A little longer show today. Um, uh, you know, we went a little over, so sorry about the next show. I'll get them in here as quick as possible, Mark. We're going to end this one here. Uh, thanks to everyone who joined us in the chat. Uh, thanks to Brother Ian, who called up. Um, and um, we're looking forward because the next time we do this is going to be after Kovalev Ward 2. So for the next month, we're going to be talking about this fight on Twitter. Uh, it's at Gilkerson Radio. You can use the hashtag ABTVBoxing. Uh, get after me. We're going to talk boxing all week. I've got time. Hopefully you do too. And until then, have a great day. From executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Box you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.